I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com. Weekend Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Before we get to our guest, I want you guys to know about our current sponsor, The Athletic. You can go to theathletic.com backslash dunk to get 40% off your monthly fee, which comes out to about $2.99 a month. It's a it's a great website. If you haven't been or if you're not a subscriber, it's well worth the small payment that you're going to have to make, especially after you get the discount. Uh, but it's got some of the best writers. You get all of Brett Dawson's content, Fred Katz's content. Uh, you get the big stories like the Ethan Sherwood Strauss. If you like, haven't had that chance to read that stuff, it's still very relevant to uh, today. It's well worth just getting those guys and getting those articles. So please go check out The Athletic and go to theathletic.com backslash dunk for 40% off. And with me today is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Andrew, where'd basketball go? <laughs> it's gone. I know. It's been weird. It's actually, it's not going to lie. It's been a no, little, don't say it. It's been a little bit nice. No. Had a, some really good quality family time. No. Un- uninterrupted. Garbage. <laughs> uninterrupted. Um, but no, I'm ready for. It. I'm ex- I'm super excited, and I want to. I want to hear your reaction to Markeith, and then we'll kind of get into our idea for the show for today. But I want your like general impressions of of that signing. Uh, I was thrilled, as I as I told you. Number one reason was because the Rockets weren't going to get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I genuinely was afraid of who the Rockets were going to get in buyout season. Yeah. And they really haven't gotten anyone that really scares me that much. Obviously, I, th- I think for what, honestly, if if uh, Maury really was told to get under the tax, what he did was actually pretty impressive. Like <laughs> doing what he did and bringing in Shumpert was actually pretty solid. Yeah, given the circumstances. Sure. But I was afraid who they were going to get in buyout season. Mm-hmm. So that was great. And then <laughs> <laughs> number two for the Thunder, just having someone off the bench like him he he's not like Ennis Cantor like because Ennis was a totally different player he played more center he couldn't play defense at all yeah but having someone who can score off the bench we've seen how much that has helped this team before and replacing someone's minutes like Patrick Patterson who isn't exactly versatile that's off your the guy bench. that's your guy I know I know I know and I still like him. I still like him. Still standing by him. But when you look at his game, it's mostly like spot up threes, and then that weird thing in the season, in the early season, when he would just take a bunch of mid range shots. Yeah. But with Markeith, he can just do so much more off the bench in terms of scoring. Um, and it's not even like he's great at any of those individual things, but he can just do a little bit more. And so I don't think we're going to get into as many moments where this team just dies offensively mm-hmm. um, and have those stretches. So I'm, I'm really excited for it. I mean, now you have Schroeder and Markeith off the bench, two guys who can score on that second unit. Like we're slowly increasing the number. All right. So <laughs> and he's gritty. He is very gritty. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm very excited. And the re- and the reason and then the third thing was like I was genuinely surprised. Yeah. Kind of shocked. Super shocked, which transitions us to our idea for today is that Alex came up with this that we're going to come up with the top moments in Thunder history off the court that surprised us the most. Yeah, so these are not in game. These are just the the Thunder news nuggets that you remember the second they broke. Mm-hmm. And as as I was talking to Andrew beforehand, the main criteria for me in order to rank one of these high was I had to remember where I was 
when they happen. Now, Andrew apparently has a photographic memory. He said he remembers where he was for every single one. I remember where I was for maybe like eight of these. Oh, okay. I have double that. Well, I have 17. Oh, you do? Oh, like, you don't I remember had, all of them. I, I had okay. to remind myself because it's really about the moment you find out. And that will mm-hmm. that will be key because it's not necessarily like the most important moment. It is is the moment that surprised you the most. The moment that just knocked you off your socks when you heard it <laughs> that you just couldn't believe can you be knocked off your socks or do your socks get knocked off <laughs> which one is it is it get your socks knocked off i think i think it would knock your socks off <laughs> well these these moments were so crazy <laughs> that you were knocked off your socks <laughs> oh uh let's let's get into it let's go with the uh the number one which I assume we have the same one. If we don't have the same one, it'd be kind of weird. It's got to be the Paul George trade. It's got to be. I mean, I remember the exact moment. I was so I was trying to get ready for vacation. We were leaving at like three in the morning to drive to New Mexico that night, and I, I was sitting there scrolling through Twitter, trying to get my kids to go to sleep. And Ramona Shelburne tweeted Paul George to the Thunder. Yeah, you know when you can remember the person who actually tweeted out the news? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it and I was and the first thing I did was like who is the jerk that is pretending to be Ramona Shelburne and who who got this retweeted? Like oh, I wow. I thought it was fake. I you thought it was fake. So hardened. I didn't think they would do it. So like my so I had a conversation with Brett Dawson that morning. And our conversation was the premise was the Thunder are screwed. Like that's what we thought because like they just lost in the first round. Like Victor Oladipo was not the Victor Oladipo that we know today. They have these guys that seem kind of untradeable in a way, and that was kind of the general conversation around like the Victor Oladipo contract, the Stephen Adams contract, the Ennis Cantor contract. Like all of those, everybody just thought this is the Thunder team, and they're locked in. And it just felt like, oh man, yeah, that's that is how that feels. And like they're heading toward like luxury tax, <laughs> and you're just like, right. what is like what is this team? Because and, we just had oh, the Russell MVP season, which was awesome, but like where do you go from there with that team? That was kind of the general thought. And that doesn't even take into account Paul George. Like it was very similar to the Anthony Davis situation, and that everyone just assumed it was going to end up in L.A. Yeah. Like oh, we knew that other yeah. teams were making offers, but at the end of the day, we just, I mean, I thought he we just, I, I thought up until the second he resigned with OKC, he was going to end up in LA. Yeah. Yeah. So th- there was just, it was kind of felt like a foregone conclusion. And so you didn't even, I didn't even think about it. I wasn't even thinking like we weren't coming up with trade packages for Paul George. <laughs> we had, like, I had actually done up. a, I had actually done a podcast with Fred a few weeks before talking about it. Oh, do you remember what year the package was? Yeah, it was it was close to the same, but I think we included picks. Oh, okay. For it, and it was Domas and and Vic and like a couple future first round picks, and like we were both like, like Fred's like, you know, he's not resigning, you know, he's not going to stay in Oklahoma City, you know, that's not going to happen, right? I'm like, yeah, I don't know, that would be such a fun season, though. Uh, I don't I don't even remember where we landed. I think that we just I think that we both ended up saying like I think the Thunder should just go ahead and just keep their assets and not do it just because I think the general conclusion was like he's not going to stay in Oklahoma City, so like what's the what's the point of one year? And it would I think think about like how sad it would have been if last year was the only year the Thunder had Paul George. I mean it would have oh, been yeah. a, it would have been a complete failure. But anyways, like the Paul George trade is easily the most shocking thing that's happened in Thunder history as far as news goes, uh, just because it was so out of nowhere. There were no rumors or even like inside. Like sometimes I'll hear some things from like secondhand from people like, oh, Thunder really thinking about this, like nothing. And then it just came out of nowhere that the Thunder have traded for Paul George. Uh, I remember I didn't sleep at all that night. <laughs> I did like I did two podcasts and then like we hit the road. Um <laughs> It was in, it was insane. I mean, I just still it's still shocking. And then for him to be doing what he's doing this season, where he's like basically replaced like what a, like the best facsimile of like what Kevin did 
for right. the Thunder. Like you couldn't find a more perfect guy to come in here and do that. And he loves Russell. I mean, it's just it's crazy. It is crazy. And I've heard a few people say this, you know, like the Thunder trade James Harden and they don't get they get Steven Adams back. Like that hurts. They lose Kevin for nothing. Nothing. You I mean, most teams that lose a superstar that's a top three player, top two player in the NBA, they lose them. You don't recover from that. And somehow the Thunder have recovered from both. And they find themselves in like a, well, the Thunder could be the two seed and go to the Western Conference Finals. I just challenge you to find another team in NBA history that's ever done something like that. Because uh, I, I just don't think, I don't think it's possible. And I, you know, things aligned here perfectly for Sam that Paul George is available um, and that Victor's from Indiana. That helps. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's still crazy to think about. Um, yeah, I was, as you were saying that, I was just trying to think if I could think of a team. I mean, the only one, honestly, and, and it was a totally different scenario, but the Lakers losing Shaq, but yeah. then bouncing back. But that still took them like another five years to bounce back. It, I mean, they still went through those years with Smush Parker and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is probably the one. But it's also the Lakers, you know? Right, exactly. And the like, this is the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, you have to do it on just pure brilliance. Like, the, the Lakers are able to just do stuff because they're the Lakers, and they always do stuff. Like, they had a horrible, you know, ever since Kobe, ever since they, they won the O, was it 2010 or 2000, 2009 finals? Ever since then, the team has been trash. And then they, they end up with, that team ends up with LeBron James, and they don't even draft the right guys? Like that's just the way that the that the Lakers operate. Like they're just always going to get stuff. The Thunder, like however, like they the only reason that they're in the space that they're at is because of Russell's commitment to the Thunder and Sam Presti. It's those two who are probably criticized more than anybody in Thunder history. It's just funny yeah. that those are the two that this team doesn't exist without those two. And it's and it's it's together. It's not not one of them. It's both of them. Okay. What is your... So we agree on number one, yeah. Paul George Trey, most surprising Thunder News. Uh, I th- I feel like we'll agree on number two. What was yours? Uh, mine's a Serge Ibaka trade to oh, Orlando. Oh, wow. Okay. Was that, that's um, not yours? No, I went with the Harden trade. Okay. Well, the only reason that it's not that is because... And this is one where I did have a little bit of information on the Ibaka trade beforehand, but still, I was really surprised that it happened. With Harden, like you kind of felt like like something was going to give. Either he was going to sign the extension or he was going to be traded, and you knew that one of those things was going to happen eventually. With yeah, Ibaka, I guess with, that's true. With Ibaka, it they they had just went on one of the best runs in Thunder history nearly beating the Golden State Warriors, almost getting to the NBA Finals, in which they may have won a title. Like, they were that close. Uh, And then they trade one of the best players on the team. And I was just like, oh, like, what does that mean for Kevin? I I don't think that it... Kevin signed off on the deal. Kevin liked the deal. So it's not like Kevin was had one foot out the door at that time. The Thunder still were under the impression that Kevin was staying and did that deal with that thought. Um, but in, in looking back, like hindsight, it's, that is the most, it's the most pivotal trade in Thunder history because without that trade, you don't have the assets to get Paul George and everybody knows this. Everybody said this a thousand times, but Sam Presti ended up turning Serge Ibaka into Paul George and Jeremy Grant, the two starting forwards for the Thunder. And Serge is like in Toronto, when you hear people talk about him, like, yeah, he's a center, but like he should probably come off the bench behind Marc Gasol. Like think about like if the Thunder tried to hang on to him and they re-signed him. I mean, it's just it is the most pivotal trade to this era of Thunder basketball. Without it, it doesn't exist. Yeah, that's true. I guess I had never really thought about what Surge is like right now and how that would not have really fit with Steven Adams. Yeah. Um they would have just had like the a kind of big lineup that would have as he falls off defensively, just wouldn't have made sense to play him at the power forward that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a good argument. That was my number four because that was definitely shocking. That was a draft night trade. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it was all, yeah on draft night because then they got uh, Sabonis. Sabonis with the 11th pick, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and it was crazy. And the Thunder were after Sabonis. Like, they had two trades lined up. One was with Toronto where they were going to get like Norman Powell and a couple other players. Ooh, um, Pascal? I don't I don't know that Pascal. I can't remember. <laughs> Did he exist back then? <laughs> I don't know. I don't he I don't just came out of the ether. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think Pascal was a part of the deal, but it, it was um oh, Corey Joseph was the other player in the yeah, deal. Yeah. And then they would get Toronto's pick who when they took Jakob Pertle. But they were going to the Thunder were going to get Sabonis. All along. Huh. that was their that was their primary target, which is kind of funny to think about. And like he's obviously super good now, and a, a worthwhile target for the Thunder. So, um, but yeah, I was I was super surprised. And the Thunder got a, <laughs> they got a tremendous amount in that deal for surge, yeah. and it was just a desperate Orlando team that was needing a shakeup that needed to make the playoffs, and the opinion of. Ibaka was way higher than his ability, and it obviously did not work out. They ended up tra- <laughs> they, they t- turned so the Thunder turned uh, Serge Ibaka into Paul George and Jeremy Grant, and the Orlando Magic turned Serge Ibaka into Terrence Ross. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of the, uh, the the massive difference between the Thunder <laughs> and the Orlando Magic. And then Presti was like, I got to get that guy. Give me that, that guy. Deal. I know. <laughs> uh, so the, with the Harden deal, it's true that because, you know, you, I don't know if you've read Boomtown, but like the whole first part of that book is about the month or two before the Harden trade. Yeah. And the author is, you know, just kind of trying to describe what the feeling was like in the city. But you got to remember, like we were coming off of a NBA finals run. We had this super young core. There was no it, – it wasn't like they had to trade him. Like we hadn't heard anything of him like requesting a trade. You yeah. know, like there, it wasn't like the Anthony Davis situation. And as you got closer and closer to the season, at least I just started feeling like, well, they're not going to trade him this close to the season. I mean, mm-hmm. cause they'll, they'll probably just keep him. And so that's why it was so surprising to me at the time. And I could definitely remember where I was for that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do too. That's my that's number three for me. That's number three. Okay, uh, it was it was shocking, and at the time, like you, you look at it because no one knew James Harden was going to be this good. If I mean, even Daryl Morey would probably say, "Yeah, I thought he'd be good," but like this, I don't. If I don't, if anyone thought he was going to be anything close to this, the Thunder would have gotten so much more back. Right? They would have at least they would have been able to get Clay Thompson or Brad Bradley Beal. Yeah. If they thought he was this good, I just, people just didn't know. Uh, and it, it's, it is the biggest mistake in Thunder history. Like it just is. And you, people want to just, Oh, Steven Adams is great. Yes. Steven Adams is awesome. I love Steven Adams, but we're talking about a generational player here. It was a, it was a, it was a massive mistake. It's, it's Presti's worst mistake. And that's, that's why Presti gets killed in the public eye a lot is just because, of that particular deal that didn't have to be made. Uh, and people can defend it all they want, but when it comes down to it, it just was not, it was not a good trade. It was not the best thing for the Oklahoma city thunder at the time. And maybe if, if Harden shows up and they play, I I don't think that he was going to like Reggie Jackson the season. Uh, I think he's too, I honestly just think he's too good to do that. Uh, like he's too talented of a player because like a lot of people want to like point to Reggie Jackson and what he did to the Thunder. I think people want to point to Terry Rozier for the year that he's had for the Celtics and saying like, oh, you just hang on to him and things get better. And maybe maybe things don't go well. And that's a sincere possibility. But the fact that he was so tight with Kevin and even with Russell just makes me think like he I don't think he would have done that. Um, and so. It it just it still remains to be one of the biggest mistakes in Thunder history, and everybody likes to criticize it and whatnot. But it, it was completely surprising. I remember I was at my old house, and I remember looking at Twitter. It was probably like one of the first trades that I saw on Twitter. If I'm trying to think, like what would have been before that? I guess the Perk trade I saw on Twitter. Yeah. Um, 
but it's like it was like entering the era where like you all your done or all of your NBA news came through Twitter. Um, I remember seeing it just like, oh wow! And like Kevin Martin was a good player. Like he really helped the Thunder that next season. Like he was he was super good for them. Jeremy Lamb just never put it together. That was and that's if Jeremy Lamb is like the caliber player that Terrence Ferguson is. Like maybe we don't talk about it like we do, you know? Yeah, and maybe and the Thunder are just better. Yeah, in retrospect, like trading for a second year guy who really didn't get on the court that much in his first season. Yeah, it was probably it was probably a red flag, but um, yeah, he was, he was a rookie was, though. He was a rookie that season. It, yeah, his first year, but he played a full year with the Rockets, right? Mm-mm-mm. He was selected in that draft. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah. Going talking about Twitter, um, so I was going back through just like looking at you know old tweets for some reason. Sounds really sad, <laughs> uh, but it was crazy to me how like even five years ago. Royce would have like a big tweet about some major thunder news and there would be like 50 retweets on it. Oh really? Yeah. It was, it was crazy how much Twitter has grown. Like he would have legitimate news tweets and there would be, you know, like 20 likes on it. Yeah. (laughs) It was only like a couple of years ago. And at the time, like he, I'm trying to think for the Harden deal. I think maybe he was working for CBS at the time. But he's blown up. I remember I, the first time I interviewed him on Down to Dunk, he had like 30,000 followers, which is a lot. But now he's got like oh, like 150 or something. Yeah. I mean, it is it is crazy. It is crazy how much Twitter has grown. I remember having the, the Down to Dunk account whenever we first started. And like if we got 10 likes, we would just be like ecstatic like texting each other like you see we got 10 likes on that post blah 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 you know <laughs> it's just it's funny it has grown it has grown tremendously yeah i don't know how i stayed on twitter for that long because i was going through my own tweets and i would go <laughs> like months <laughs> months without anyone responding to anything <laughs> like well, what was i doing i was just talking to myself <laughs> Now, you say the Harden trade uh, was a big mistake, but on the other hand, Andrew, that wouldn't have given us, uh, you know, Rockets Insider. Who knows if Deborah Bucket's basketball hour would That's even true. exist That's without true. the Harden trade? So, it, probably, it probably would not. You have to balance those things out. Right. Championships, Deborah <laughs> Bucket's basketball hour. So, something to think about, yeah. people out there. It's not so all about rings, guys. <laughs> okay, so you said uh, Abaka was your number three. My number three was the first Carmelo trade. Okay, that's my number five. Okay, so that one, another one where I guess you could say that we heard some scuttlebutt. You know, Bill Simmons definitely had the famous, the, I mean, the famous uh, OKC and Carmelo are circling each other. <laughs> they were circling each Sweet. other. I remember that. I remember where I was for the Thunder <laughs> circling, Thunder and Melo circling each other. I guess that could have so, been one of mine. <laughs> I can't say that it like totally came out of nowhere. Yeah. But the idea of someone of Carmelo's statue agreeing, because he had to agree, yeah. to, to go to Oklahoma City, again, blew me off of my socks. Andy. Yeah. <laughs> socks. I was blown clear off my socks <laughs> in that scenario. It was. It was shocking. Because I, like the general conversation was, Melo's not waiving his no trade to come to Oklahoma City. Like That's not going to happen. And, you know it's just not like well, I don't even know why we discuss it because it's not going to happen and then things started to trickle in Every, and again everybody thought he would go to be with the Rockets everybody thought the Rockets trade was going to happen and at the I mean just think about the history that would have changed had he gone to the Rockets oh, last man. season you know what I mean what? yeah wow that's depressing I could have I could have started all of this a year earlier. Right. There's no way they become the same team that they were last no, year. No, not even no. There's no way. There is no way cuz they would they would have tried to make it work more. Because and because of the way things went in Oklahoma City, I think that that gave them more leash and they would have the Carmelo contract. And that's the biggest yeah, difference. Yeah, that's yeah. the biggest difference in with the Thunder situation with Melo and the Rockets is that the Rockets had him on a minimum deal. And it's like, well, if he doesn't work out, we're just going to waive him. Uh, and they did, or they traded, they ended up trading him. Um, but it ended up costing them money to do that. But it's just, yeah, I, I remember I was at home 
And I remember the exact place I was at, and I was like, "The thunder got mellow," and it was like, it was super exciting. And people, there were like, I remember Stephen A. Smith said that like this makes the Thunder like the second best team in the Western Conference now that you have like a a player that can score forty on any given night and do all these things, and it's like, whoa, like the Thunder got this guy, yeah. And it, and it was, and I remember media day, like those three, Russell, Mello, and Paul walked down the hallway together. And it was just like, it was mind blowing to watch them walk by. Cause you're just like, this is the thunder now. Like, that's so crazy. And then like you had the who me moment, like Mello, Mello is just a star. And like, we're, st- we still talk about him, not even in the context of a show like this, but we still talk about him just because he's mellow. Uh, yeah. it's, it, it, that trade was super crazy. And we think of it as negative, but I think that it, it did signal to Paul George how serious the Thunder were about competing and that the, their willingness to do whatever it took to win. And I think that it one the way that the Thunder welcomed Paul George with the welcome party at the Jones Assembly was huge. Two, I think trading for Mello right before the season started was a big like, whoa, like this is like the Thunder. They know what they're doing. This is this is big time. Uh, I do think that those things left an impression on Paul George that that stuck, um, and obviously, also Melo left an impression on him to where it was like, yeah, we really don't need you to be here anymore, kind of thing. But um, uh, it was a it's another pivotal trade, even though it seems to be all negative. I I really don't think it all was. Well, especially when you think about we wouldn't have Schroeder now. Yeah, which it's not like Schroeder is like the greatest point guard in the world or anything, but he's huge for this team's depth. And especially thinking about what they're going to be able to do in the playoffs. This team without Schroeder is a much different team. Yeah. You're down to now two quality players off the bench. I feel you would get a lot more like MVP style Russ. You have to, you have to. Cause I mean, we've seen like Ray has played well in the two games that he needed to this past week. But like Ray's not a full time backup anymore. I mean, you just you couldn't you could not do that. Okay, uh, so I had Abaka number four. So what was your number four? I had the Tyson Chandler trade, and then the resending of the oh. trade. Oh wow! I didn't even I didn't even put that on mine. I didn't even remember that. Yeah, I <laughs> I found out about the trade being rescinded in my car listening to the radio. Um. And I'm just dri- I'm dr- I was driving to to Amy's parents' house, going down Council Road, and I heard on the radio because this at the time like you listen to the radio like podcasts weren't that big then. I had like I did listen to Bill Simmons then, and then I you had like the starters who were the Basketball Jones, and like that was like it. Uh, I think Chad Ford had a podcast for ESPN. And that was uh, like the only basketball stuff that I listened to then. Now there's like a billion things, but I was listening to the radio and they were like, yeah, the, this, this just in the thunder have rescinded the Tyson Chandler trade due to a, a turf toe issue. And I was, it just was like, what? Like the thunder gave up nothing to get him. Like, why would you rescind that? And then like they ended up trading for like Malik Rose that season instead and it was, and obviously not like a franchise killer, but I, and I've said this, if you've listened for a long time, you know that like my biggest thunder, what if is the Tyson Chandler trade? Because I, it, you don't have the championship Mavs team. The thunder probably weren't ready yet, but they go to the finals a couple, a few years in a row. And then you don't know like, what does that do to the franchise as far as like keeping that team together? I don't know. Um, and you have still have Jeff Green as a trade chip or as a guy to play. I mean, it's just it's a it's a huge one. Um, and the rescinding of that trade, I think, is still a huge thing in Thunder history. And I definitely remember where I was for that. Um, so there's one that we haven't talked about, which I'm sure a lot of people are wondering why. Yeah, and it it is my number five, which is Kevin Durant leaving for Golden State. Yeah. Um. You know, the reason it's not higher is because I remember that time and I remember as the days went on feeling less and less confident in him coming back to the point that when it happened, when I actually got the news, I don't know if it was if my reaction was really surprise. It was like I was already ready to be angry. Yeah. And like depressed about it. Yeah. 
but I wasn't it wasn't a total shock to me. There had been too much coming out in the days beforehand where you kind of knew, especially like right at the end, you knew it was the Thunder or the Warriors. Yeah. And we the minute he flew to the Hamptons, we should have known. Yeah. You know that the Thunder were done. And when when you heard news that the Thunder staff were staying at like a Holiday Inn down the road. Like, okay, like this is not going to go well, guys. <laughs> this is not going <laughs> to end up in our favor. Because uh, if he was going to stay, he would have done what Paul George did. His sign, like you have a meeting with the Thunder. I mean, they pitched him an incredible thing, you know? Like, this is, like, this, here's your legacy. We're going to, we have Al Horford, like, waiting on the line here. Like, is this would this is something that I th- I think that you would love, and I think that people the people here love you. And he was just like, "Nope, I love Draymond." And then he left, went to the Hamptons. The minute he got on that airplane, I think that we and I was I was naive. Uh, I talked to I was talking to Royce a lot about it. He's like the organization was still optimistic even after he went to the Hamptons. Hmm. Like they really they they still thought and they. As much as Thunder fans were crushed, the organization was crushed. Sam and everybody internally was completely crushed. They felt lied to. Um, they felt misled, and it was it was it was bad. It was it was awful. Um, but yeah, it's and obviously I I was I was at a Fourth of July parade, so I remember where I was at. Uh, it was terrible. It was awful. I remember it, and it was it was more just like crushing than it was shocking because it was like, you knew it was going to be thunder or it was going to be golden state. Like you knew it. And they said that he was going to be announced at the time. So like, you knew like everybody's refreshing Twitter like crazy then. So it wasn't like you pick up your phone and you see it and you're like, Oh no, it was like the people that are like really engaged were waiting for the news and had been waiting for days. So like, it wasn't shocking in a, in the way the others were like the Paul George trade was shocking that it was just like came out of nowhere. Ibaka trade out of nowhere. Harden trade to an extent out of nowhere. For me, the Tyson Chandler thing was out of nowhere. Um, and even Mello was more out of nowhere than this. Like you knew that something was going to happen. And obviously the worst thing <laughs> for the thunder and thunder <laughs> history happened. Um, Cause I mean, the thunder still had the pieces to go get Paul George, even with Kevin there. You know, like he, yeah. like him leaving didn't trigger like their ability to get Paul George. Um, okay, we got to move on. We've got to move on. Uh, where, hey, where did you rank that one? That's number six. But Alex, okay. before we move on, it's another. Yeah. It's it's going to be a huge week across the NBA. There's some exciting Woo! matchups coming up this weekend. There's only one place to get in on all the action. That's BetOnline.ag. Sports, casino, virtual casino, you name it. BetOnline.ag is CLNS Media preferred sportsbook online. Use the promo code CLNS50 for the 50% sign-up bonus. That's CLNS50 for BetOnline.ag. And the big matchup this week, Alex, I think it's got to be Thunder Jazz on Friday night in Oklahoma City. That's a yeah, big that, time matchup, and I'm excited to see how like the difference that Markeith can make within that matchup. Yeah, because we, I, I personally have been hyping up the uh, Jazz. <laughs> I think I accidentally <laughs> said that they were going to be the third seed. You did uh, last time we spoke. You definitely. So, did. Uh, yes, obviously that will be a very big game. Uh, I'm looking at the games on Thursday night. I got my eyes on the Sacramento Kings. They're Ooh, playing yeah. at Golden State. Oh. And they're thirteen and a half point underdogs. Oh my! When do oh, they I, play? What night? They they play. This is so. This is for Thursday night. Okay. Uh, they play the late game, although I don't know if it's the TV game because they're also the Rockets and Lakers are playing. Oh. But yeah, I like those feisty Kings. I think they're going to keep it closer than thirteen and a half. Yeah, I agree. Feisty Kings are coming to the Thunder on Saturday night. Too. Oh, are you, do you get to go to that one? I will go to one of the games. I will probably go to the Jazz game. Oh. Do you get to choose? Are you choosing? Well, I could go to both, but oh, okay. I have children, and so I choose. Oh, bring them! <laughs> bring, bring all of them! <laughs> Come up to Cloud City, children. 
Um, go to go and use your mobile phone to sign up today at betonline.ag. Try in-game live betting where you can participate in all the action with every play and use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% sign-up bonus. Uh, go to the URL clnsmedia.com backslash win with the promo code CLNS50. That's uh, betonline.ag, your sports, your online sportsbook experts. I really struggled through that last part. Um, you know, if we had had betonline.ag last year and they have that live in-game betting, we could have bet the under on all of the uh, OKC second half totals because they we knew they were going to be so terrible in the third quarter. <laughs> no that kidding. We could, we could have made a lot of money. <laughs> no kidding. Hey, and they're a good third quarter team. I think they're like the, the fifth best third quarter team in the league. Hey, we didn't even this mention isn't. that last week when we talked about bet online, we picked Joe Harris. We did. The, sort of. Sort of. Kind of. <laughs> I said, I said, oh, it's going to be someone like Joe Harris. So that counts. Yes. As my bet. Yes. So I'm one and zero, oh, and then I just picked the Kings plus thirteen and a half on Thursday. There you go. Keep my streak. <laughs> uh, okay, the next most shocking event in Thunder history for me is the Russell Westbrook meniscus injury with Patrick Beverly, and it was shocking for for one reason to me, and it's that Russell played the rest of that game. Yeah, and he exactly. Played, and he played well, and they killed the Rockets. And you thought, like, man, that Patrick Beverly is terrible. Like, that guy's awful. Uh, I can't believe that he did that. I'm glad Russell's okay. And then you hear the next day, came from Darnell Mayberry, that Russell was had a torn meniscus. He had to have surgery and be out the rest of the season. And then, like, it led to like all like the the loose stitch, and he had to miss part of the season. It was just it was just a nightmare, um, which led into that nightmare season the next year. But like everybody thought the Thunder were the best team in the league or one of the best teams in the league. They definitely had the best um I think they had the best net rating or something that season they were. Yeah, they did. I mean, they were they were an amazing team and then Patrick Beverly ruins the whole thing. Uh that was and it was it was pretty shocking to get that news. Yeah, that was a good one. That was definitely one of the ones I was talking about going back through tweets. And you know like a Royce would tweet out the, I found like the stitch, the loose stitch tweet. Yeah. You know, like a couple people cared. <laughs> like, we, like today we probably would have done like an emergency pod right. about it. <laughs> I know. It's just crazy how much it changed. That was only like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good one. I had that. I think we ended up having like the same top six, just in different order. Yeah. Um, so my, my seventh, I just, you know, I feel worse about this choice now. Yeah, but I put I put Markeith Morris signing. Oh, okay. But, yeah, because um, I, I really was surprised because yeah. you know we get excited about trade season and buyout season every year, and you know based on Presti's history, it's probably warranted to get excited about trade season. But there's really no evidence that we should be getting excited about buyout season. No, if if you look at who they've brought in in the past, what kind of guys that have had have expressed any kind of interest in them so or even just general free agency yeah true true like he like markeith morris just have to like think about this markeith morris is the best player to choose to come to the oklahoma city thunder ever yes i think you can make a case for carmelo but it's a little different it's different as a trade it was still a trade yeah you know like the thunder had to give up something to get him and and technically, Paul George chose us. Um, but in terms of a guy who had no connection to the Thunder previously. Yeah. Just coming out of the blue. Right. I mean, I think back to like the Pau Gasol, like when we were so yeah, Yeah. Gasol, like like if the Thunder had gotten Gasol as a free agent, like that would clearly be the best. But this is, it's a low bar. I think the guy before <laughs> before this was Patterson. And it's funny that the, yeah, the next is. best guy is replacing Patterson. In the lineup, um, oh, my son is in here collecting Legos. If, if you guys hear lots of noises, uh, early morning Legos. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I think that's that's fair for me. I have the the campaign for Taj Gibson and Doug McDermott trade. That oh, inclu- well, you know, I thought about that one. It didn't make my cut. Okay, that is it was shocking because like you remember like Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne was not good that season. He was hurt. 
like didn't hardly play for the team the whole season. And somehow, not only did they get one useful player for him, but they got two that were like good players that ended up playing for the team in the playoffs. Like that was a that was a crazy deal. And maybe I'm overrating it a little bit, but I just remember I mean, those were those are the pieces they used to get mellow that they eventually turned into Dennis Schroeder, you know, that would have like all those guys together, it was uh, it was Cameron Payne, it was Joffrey, uh, Anthony Morrow. Was there one more? I feel like there was one more guy. Uh, in the deal. Maybe, yeah, who was it? Maybe not. But it that that is a, a another pivotal deal because then they they don't get mellow, they aren't able to get Schroeder, and those like Cameron Payne's gone. He's not in the NBA. Neither is Joffrey. Neither is Anthony Morrow. And that wasn't that long ago. And so you get basically guys that are not NBA caliber. And then you trade them to get two guys that are. I mean, like that's that's big time. That's a that's a big time deal. And I was so surprised. I just didn't think that that was possible. I talked we talked about like an Andre Robertson for Doug McDermott deal. Which was obviously very stupid. Yeah. But you're like, how do you get like another wing that can score it? Like, I don't know. Like, Cam's not going to get you that. I mean, you have to trade Andre. Um, yeah, that 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 was a, a pretty good one. Um, the one I had next was when Serge came back in the Spurs series in 2014. <laughs> yes, only because uh, there were so many reports at the end of that Clippers series, which was the round before. Yeah, that said Serge was done. Like there yeah. wasn't really a question about it. Yeah. And yeah, then no. you slowly over like the next week start hearing like little, little tidbits, a yeah. little bit of scuttlebutt. <laughs> People are like, well, maybe he could return like at the end of the series. And then he comes back in game three and it was just, it was just, uh, it was like a complete 180 in a week. Yeah. Like we really thought he was done. Like it was over. We had, we, I feel like we had moved on. In fact, I went back and read an article all about like how do the how the Spurs are attacking the Thunder without Surge and all this stuff and and even up until Game Two people were not acting like it was going to be happening. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty surprising. Yeah, that was surprising. I remember I was Amy and I went to that Game Three and it was super fun because they won and Surge was great. Like he he was affecting shots at the rim. He was hitting shots. Like he was great. Uh, but yeah, that was definitely. That was shocking. Like Surge is start. Surge will start. It's like what? Are you kidding me? Um, do you want to? Uh, do you want a thunder round through or lightning <laughs> round through some of these? Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you my next three. Okay. Uh, I have the Kendrick Perkins deal. I have that. Next. Thunder traded Jeff Green, and that was it. Was a that was a big deal for the Thunder because they had they had Nanad as the center. And they just weren't a tough team. And as much, and again, this is similar to like the mellow deal where it's like, like how good is perk really? But he helped change like the culture of the team in a lot of ways. That team was not a tough team before perk showed up. And, uh, he brought a certain toughness to the team that would have been hard to just establish otherwise. So, uh, I thought that was a, a big deal. And I was surprised too. Like I just didn't think that Boston would trade him. I just didn't think they would. And Thunder got Nate Robinson, which was kind of cool for like five minutes. Um, my next one was the Ennis Cantor trade. Uh, yeah. Only because it just seemed like a foregone conclusion that Thunder were going to end up with Brooke Lopez. Exactly, yeah. And then last minute, like, the, wait, they got who? In it, what? Wait, who? Like, what? What is happening here? Oh, they got Kyle Singler, too? I was I was probably most excited for Kyle Singler and they got DJ Augustine. Like what what happened here? Like where where's Brooke? Uh, and it ended up being like a, a I don't know. It's a decent deal for the Thunder in hindsight. Cantor was really good for the Thunder. I don't want to understate that. Um, but the I thought DJ Augustine would be a lot better. And I even like see him playing for the Magic now. I'm like, hey, that's a pretty good player. Um, <laughs> and he's. He was awful for the Thunder for the most part. Uh, and then, obviously, the Singler debacle, which resulted in the Singler five-year contract. Uh, right. 
So it ended up not being the greatest trade for the Thunder, but at the time it looked like, whoa, like the Thunder got three guys that can come in and play. Like that's pretty cool. Uh, but it ended up not being the greatest deal. And I don't know if Brook Lopez ends up being like the Brook Lopez of today, if he's with the Thunder, where he's like taking step back threes himself. Like I don't, I have no idea. Um, but it's still kind of interesting to think about. And the Thunder, from what I heard, ended up not doing that deal because they didn't think Brook would resign. In fact, he was telling. His manage, his management that he would not resign in Oklahoma City, and so I think that kind of deterred them. And then what's in, what's another uh, one? And then Markeith was my eleven. Oh, okay. Um, I'll give you a couple of mine, just like random ones. One OKC getting out of Seattle as quickly as they did. Yeah. So uh, I went back and read some of the articles because remember back at that time they owned the team. Presti was already in place. They were making deals, but we really didn't know what the timeline was going to be mm-hmm. um, because they still had to break that lease with Key Arena. And I remember when it happened, because it happened on my birthday, June 16th, mm. 2008, I think, when we like first heard that there was like an agreement and then the it wasn't finalized until a few days later. But when you, I remember that moment and realizing, oh my gosh, there's going to be a basketball team next season. <laughs> like, like the, the article yeah. was like, uh, moving starts the very next day. Like it happens so fast. Yeah, that's that is so true. That's a great one. That's a great one. That probably should even be higher. Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't remember. Like we weren't on Twitter at the time. No. I have I have no. How do you? How do we of, even find out? Wait, we got the newspaper, the Andrew. News- <laughs> Ran down to the end of our driveway. Thank you, mister. I remember trade deadline in college. I would just refresh the ESPN page. And you just like wait for people to write the article. Like the yeah. little like the little newser. Like that's yeah. It's crazy. Um and then I had uh well actually one that I didn't have that I thought of as we were doing this was when when PG re signed, but then finding out that it was three years. Yeah. That show. Yeah, me. yes. That was super surprising. That's my that's my twelve. That's my next one. Uh you know what else is surprising, Alex? What um how, how good the food Yes, keep going. Food is at at the Mule. Oh, it's so good. I'm so glad that you know how surprising it is. Actually, it shouldn't be surprising for those that have been because it's it's just absolutely delicious. You've got to go down to the Mule. It's at 16th and Blackwell there near downtown Oklahoma City. Uh, go there with a friend. Watch the game Friday night. If you don't have tickets to the game, it's just a great place to go hang out. Get yourself some fried cheese curds. Get yourself uh, a nice cocktail or a beer and enjoy the game. Uh, they have this black bean soup. I swear. I'm, I swear by this black bean soup. It doesn't sound great, but I promise you, I just and I challenge. In fact, I challenge you guys to go to the Mule, get the sandwich of your choice, and get the black bean soup on the side. It's it's unbelievable. It's so so good. Go check out the Mule. It's an awesome place. Uh, support the people that support Down to Dunk and go eat at the Mule. Uh, yeah. So I have twelve. Was my was Paul George resigning? Thirteen was the Cole Aldrich trade. You know, I was embarrassed to say that one. And I actually had that much higher, if we're being completely honest. But we were we both gr- so excited about that. This is like one of the few that we were together for. Yeah, we were at our place in Norman. Yeah. So we were with Luke, too. Yes. And I was so excited. And I knew exactly what was happening when the trade was made. Yeah. And that made me excited for some reason. I, I <laughs> knew that they were about to pick Cole Aldrich. Uh, but yeah, that was a huge like, oh, we're going for it. We're right. just going to make this move. It felt I know. so cool. I know. Well, and at the yeah. time, like our our like only draft coverage was Bill Simmons talking to Chad Ford on his podcast. That is true. And he loved Cole Aldrich. He was like, "This guy, he's gonna he could be a top ten center." Or he said something to that effect. And you're just like, "Oh, well, that's cool." Uh, and then the Thunder get him, and you're like, "Oh, like that's their only missing piece." <laughs> like that's he. He was pitched as Al Horford. Like a lot of people. Yeah. And I thought he was like, oh, guaranteed 10, 10, and 2, like just a solid center. That's, right. all, that's like all we need. The Thunder took on Morris Peterson in order to get him, help save money. Uh, and they traded two picks that ended up being uh, Quincy Pondexter, who was for a short time probably the best player in that trade. And then 
I don't remember who the second guy was. A guy that really didn't play in the league, but it goes to show you that like any time a team, I I can't remember a time where a team traded up two picks in the first round to get up to like the tenth or eleventh spot where it's like really worked out for them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Zach Collins was the last one with yeah. the Blazers. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I put Alex Abrinas getting waived. It's a recent one, but okay. it it surprised me in the way it ended. Yeah. Um, I, I did not. That did not shock me, and, and not that I had information on that, but I just and I did have a, I did have a little bit of information on that, but I just I just didn't feel like we were. I, I thought we were heading to a place where Alex would not play in the NBA again. Like is, is true. We had it, talked about that. Yeah. Is how, is how it felt. And so when I saw it, I was like, yeah, okay. Okay. Like what it. about, what about when you found out that Ennis Cantor had broken his arm on a chair? <laughs> <laughs> that was shocking. He was playing so well too. That's, I think that I wrote like an article about his passing um, when I still had access to the Vantage Sports stuff, uh, and I, I thought he was playing. He was. It was probably the best basketball he played in his entire career. Was during that stretch, and then he broke his arm, and then he came back, and he really wasn't the same the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah, that was a big one. Uh, I have and Scott I ha- Scott Brooks being fired. It was one of mine. Yeah, yeah. I, sh- I shouldn't know that they would actually go through with it. Um, I had KD getting shut down in 2015. Yeah. So that was the, that was the foot year and he had come back and he had played up until like mid February and then they were going to rest him. But you didn't, we didn't have any information. We didn't like really know what was going on. Right. And the conversation was like, well, as long as we can be healthy for the playoffs, like give him all the time he needs. That was like what we were all saying. And then March, I think it was like March 27th, Presti came out. And I think it was Royce who asked him the question, like, are you shutting him down? And Presti's answer was essentially yes. Yeah. So, like, he left <laughs> the that, door open a tiny crack, but we basically <laughs> found out that he was getting shut down for the season. And I would guess that that was a fed question from that Sam said, hey, ask me if I'm shutting him down to Royce. <laughs> that would be my guess. I don't have, I don't know that for sure, but I would just guess that. Uh, yeah, that sucked. I remember I was watching on the uh, KOCO5 website, that little press conference. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't remember exactly where I was at. <laughs> um, I was just looking at a Shams. I just tweeted something. Nothing important. Uh, Patrick Patterson signing. I thought I do remember where I was for that. That seemed like such a big deal at the time. Because it, it was did. like, oh, they're completing their lineup. Like, that's a starting power forward. You can really shoot it. And... You know, everybody knows how that went after that. Um, yeah, I included getting tickets from Patrick Patterson. As oh, man. Of, so. Oh, yeah, that's that's completely shocking. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, my 16th, <laughs> drafting Josh Hustis in the first round. Oh, wow. That You know, I was trying to think back, like, what was the most shocking draft pick that just, like, came out of the blue that we didn't really see coming? Yeah. That that probably is it. You can always like the Terrence Ferguson was not shocking because like you can usually like see like what's the range and it's usually like about five or six players that are within a certain range and if the if your team drafts them then you're not surprised. Really, that entire draft was surprising because drafting Mitch McGarry where they did like Mitch McGarry was picked to go like ten spots later than he did and the Thunder took him twenty first I think like right before Rodney Hood which is not looking as bad today as it did back in the day. Um, but still, it would have been much more useful to have Rodney Hood. And also, like shout out to Mitch McGarry. He was actually super awesome his rookie season. Uh, he played some he played some big-time minutes and made... He, he's a guy that could do a lot from that position, but he's obviously just one of the most immature guys in NBA history. Uh, but drafting Houston, I love the NBA draft. I love it. And I know most like first round eligible guys. Like I know almost all of them. I know what they do almost every single year. And when the Thunder took Josh Hustis in the first round, I didn't have any clue who he was. No clue. I had never even heard of him. And I probably like knew like the top forty guys. And that does he was not a top forty guy. I mean it was it was shocking. That they that they took him like I thought like 
Like I didn't think they'd take Kyle Anderson because he's not that's, that's not a Thunder guy. Um, I remember, I was at my friend Jeremy's house to watch the draft, and I just could not believe that they took Josh Hustis with a first round pick. I mean, that was that yeah, was crazy. You know, uh, on uh, Bill Simmons and Ryan Russillo's most recent podcast, they were they asked the question whether Hamadou Diallo was the worst NBA player to ever win the dunk contest, <laughs> yeah. which. It's Jeremy Evans, but yeah, I wonder if Josh Hustis is the worst player to ever get a full-length Zach Lowe article written about him. <laughs> he might be. Yeah. Uh, he might be. Yeah, he went 29th, and like players that went after him, Kyle Anderson, 30, like clearly, clearly an NBA player. Uh, KJ McDaniel's, aka Scotty Pippen, went 32nd. Ooh. Ooh. Joe Harris went 33rd. Oh wow! Uh, clean. I, I, you could have told me Joe Harris was drafted in like 2003, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have no idea where he's from." <laughs> he's drafted by Cleveland in 2014, uh, and I think he was no, uh, yeah, he stayed on that team. Clay uh, Anthony Early, do you remember him out of Wichita yeah, State? Yeah, the Dude, Knicks. I, I liked him. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie was 38. Mm. Uh, Jeremy Grant was 39. Oh, Glenn Robinson the third 40. Jokic was 41 in that oh, draft. Wow. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, 46. Like, there's some good guys in the second yeah. round. There were some other guys that you could have plucked from, like, the 50th spot in the draft and then drafted. You're saying they didn't have to take Houston. <laughs> in fact, we're not forced to take Josh Houston. And it there was, were other players in the pool. <laughs> it was just a weird one. That's a. It's just such a weird thing. It was like, oh, we're going to try this, like, G League first round pick. Like, why? <laughs> like, it's just funny. Like, no one else has done it since. <laughs> at the time you're like oh this is kind of innovative and like oh this is kind of cool and like no it's not cool or innovative it's just kind of a dumb thing the thunder did they were just trying and josh eustace was just like yeah i'll take some guaranteed money down the road <laughs> you know he's like i don't even know if i'll be drafted <laughs> uh fast forward to us like fighting for him to be a part of their regular rotation based on uh, his <laughs> net rating i <laughs> know <laughs> man I spent so much time fighting for Josh Eustis. I want to see. I'm going to look where he was mocked, mocked at in this mock draft. Um, I'd be, yeah, I wonder if he. I I, I do remember. He, I think he was included as a second round pick. I think people thought he was going to be a second. So Jokic pick. was mocked at 53. That's oh, pretty, wow. That's pretty interesting. Samaj was mocked at 44. Mm. Mitch McGarry was mocked at 36. Oh, wow. You know who's not on this mock draft? Josh Eustace. Uh, Josh Eustace. He's not. He's not on it. The mystery man. He's not even on the mock draft. That's... I mean, <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have any Do you have any left? No. That was the end of mine. My last one is my, the Ray Felton signing. I was at Whitewater Bay. <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on <laughs> uh thanks for listening to our podcast follow alex on twitter at al baby case you can follow me um at at andrew case on twitter uh please leave us a five-star itunes review we're getting really close to i think 800 five-star reviews on itunes and if you know anything about people from oklahoma city is that we love round numbers so please do that and uh We'll talk to you guys again next or Friday, Friday, but this show next, next Wednesday. Are you hanging around? Okay. Da, 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 da. Debbie. Welcome to the Deborah Buckets Basketball Hour. I'm your host, Deborah Buckets, aka Al Baby Cakes, aka Splash Zone, a.k.a. Get over here. A few days ago, an article was posted on The Athletic by Marcus Thompson II, exploring the idea of Giannis going to the Warriors in 2021 based on a bounce pass thrown in an exhibition game. Now, when I first read this article, I thought to myself, well, this is dumb. I'm offended. I'm hurt. I hate the Warriors. They are garbage men. And I'm not referring to garbage men who I respect and appreciate for picking up my trash every week. I would never 
associate that respectable occupation with the warriors. No, I am referring to men made of literal garbage. That is the warriors. But then, as I thought more about the article, I realized that I was actually jealous. Because the warriors, like it or not, are in a position right now where their fans and writers don't even have to think about the actual sport being played by their team. They get to spend their days writing fanfic for each other, daydreaming about the next star that will debase himself and go to the Warriors. And I thought to myself, you know what? Why can't Thunder fans have their own fan fiction? Why can't we have our own pie-in-the-sky stories of Thunder dominance? And so today, I bring you a short story I wrote last night, adapted from one of my own tweets, entitled, The Shot. May 28th, 2019, Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. Outside the Chesapeake Arena, it is sweltering. The temperature had reached 98 degrees earlier that day. The humidity, 100%. But nothing was quite as hot as a man inside the Chesapeake Arena. That man? Buddy Heald. The Oklahoma City Thunder were facing the Sacramento Kings in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals after the Kings' magical playoff run, which included series wins over both the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. The first-round series against the number 1 seed Golden State Warriors had turned in the Kings' favor after Kevin Durant wore a Knicks hat to a Game 3 post-game press conference and lashed out at the media when they tried to ask him about it. All I want to do is play basketball, Go home, eat a slice of pizza, watch a Spike Lee movie, and listen to my favorite JD and the Straight Shot album, Katie had said. The Warriors wouldn't win another game. The Rockets series had turned in a critical game five when the Rockets had shot three of 95 from three, losing 103 to nine. Despite the loss, many in the media instead focused on James Harden's footwork in the game, with one reporter calling it, A life-affirming performance that moved me to tears. Move over, Swan Lake. There's a new ballet in town. Now, in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals, the Kings were poised to make their first NBA Finals since the 1950-51 Rochester Royals had won. With 10 seconds left, the Kings were ahead by one, led by Buddy Heald, who had scored 43 points in the game thus far, all coming off of four-point plays, where Heald had been fouled by a Thunder player on a three-point attempt. The most recent foul was Russell Westbrook's sixth, sending him to the bench for the rest of the game. There, Westbrook joined Paul George, Dennis Schroeder, and Steven Adams, all of whom had fouled out as well. Heald sunk his free throw, bringing his total to, for the game to 44 points and giving the Kings a two-point lead with 10 seconds left. Thunder coach Billy Donovan called a timeout. In the huddle, The Thunder players looked at each other in disbelief to come this close to making the finals again and then lose to DeBuddy and DeVlade. The arena was silent, so quiet that you could hear a pin drop. And you actually could hear a pin drop because it just happened to be Thunder commemorative pin night. As the arena stood silent, shell-shocked by what they had just witnessed, a small child's voice began chanting in section 306. We want Ray. We want Ray. At first, only a few people in Section 306 noticed the child. But soon, a few others in Loud City had joined in. We want Ray. We want Ray. The chant quickly spread, and by the time the rest came over to the Thunder bench, the entire arena was chanting, We want Ray! We want Ray! Billy Donovan had no choice. He looked to the end of his bench. Raymond, you're in. Ray nodded and ran to the scorer's table as the crowd continued to chant, We want Ray! Abdel Nader inbounded the ball to Felton, who began slowly walking up the court as the seconds ticked down. Ten. Nine. Eight. Ray still hadn't crossed the three-point line on the thunder side of the court. Seven. Six. Five. The crowd's chanting grew to a feverish pitch as Felton finally crossed half court with five seconds to play. Four. 
with one foot over the half-court line, Felton stopped and set his feet. Three. Fans in the arena were now screaming at Felton to move closer to the basket. He was 47 feet away from the basket with the closest defender at least 10 feet ahead of him. Two. But Felton didn't move. Instead, he bent his knees, lifted the ball to his chest, and began to jump. One. At the top of his jump shot, Felton released the ball, flicking it towards the basket. Zero. Epilogue. The year is 2045. A young boy is walking with his grandfather through downtown Oklahoma City on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. As they walk, they come upon a large statue situated outside of Chesapeake Arena. The young boy touches the base of the statue, looking up at the larger-than-life representation of the man it depicts. Grandpa Andrew, who is this? Is it Russell Westbrook, the greatest player in Thunder history? Or, or maybe, Grandpa, it's Paul George, the greatest small forward in Thunder history. Or, or could it be Stephen Adams, the strongest man in the West? Which one is it, Grandpa? The boy's grandfather looked down at his grandson, who was wearing a 2019 Thunder NBA championship t-shirt. He smiles at him and says, no, little Billy D, that's Ray Ray. That is Ray Ray. The end. Wow. Thank you so much for joining me for this live reading. I will be doing a live reading uh, at Full Circle Bookstore in 50 Penn Place this Tuesday morning from 11.06 to 11.14 a.m. Uh, please bring in your printed off tweets, which I will be happy to sign for you. Please follow me at Al Baby Cakes. Follow Andrew at Andrew K. Shalect. Thank you so much for listening to the Deborah Buckets Basketball Hour. And we'll see you next week. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Debbie.